The question of whether AI creates business and existential risk is no longer the interesting question. The events of the past few years have shown that, without doubt, the profitability of AI systems is not without its cost, both to businesses and society alike. The interesting question then is this, how do we mitigate and remediate AI risk before it threatens our lives and our livelihoods? Answering that question is going to take all of us. It takes engineers, it takes CEOs, it takes data scientists, it takes community organizers, it takes regulators, bankers, ecological watchdogs, concerned parents, labor groups, even the Pope has weighed in on AI. But perhaps more than most groups, it takes investors. It takes men and women who understand that the role of an investor is to funnel capital towards a future worth investing. People who appreciate that as the, as the frontline deployers of access and cash, they hold a uniquely privileged position of deciding which direction the market heads in and in turn, which direction society goes. Zeka Len, the founder and general partner of Responsibly Ventures is just one of those people. I had the privilege to sit down with him and learn more about his journey towards inventing the future and how he understands the opportunity around AI safety. I'm Dr. Lawrence Ampofo of Errol, and this is the AI Safety Podcast. Um, Zeka, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast, on the inaugural podcast at that. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And I'm really looking forward to learning more about you and your perspectives on responsible AI and responsible technology more generally. So welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Lawrence. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Just tremendously excited. It's my first time being a first time podcast <laughs> guest and I'm truly honored. <laughs> So, um, so Zeka, I wonder for people that might not know much about your work, I wonder if you just introduce yourself and in particular, what your real impetus was to working on sustainable, on the sustainable development goals and also technology, that intersection. Wonderful. Well, yes, currently I'm the general partner of Responsibly Ventures. We're a, we're a pre-seed VC impact fund focused on sustainability and social good. And where there's an overlap of multiple SDGs per deal, that's where I get most excited, these so-called nexus opportunities. And I guess to give a little bit of a background on why, uh, I could share my background if that's useful. I got started as an, an environmental economist some years back and then slowly gravitated toward data, being a data scientist and uh, data engineer of sorts and in quantitative finance and then branched out to become more of an angel investor for the last couple of few years, did that prior just launching our fund, focused on impact um, angel opportunities and invested in about 30 plus US startups, all geared toward uh, VC impact. I think, I mean, that, that's absolutely fascinating. And I think for me, the, for me, the natural next question is, you know, as, a, as an investor, um, lots of people must be speaking to you, of course, about things like, you know, well, we should invest in crypto, or we should invest in other high growth areas. So I'm wondering why sustainability um, and technology in particular, um, what is, was it really because of the, 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 the potential for growth or really do you see the yes. startups you're working with 
um, having um, almost their their impact having a greater having greater reach than their growth. Well, it's funny the the growth versus impact um, quandary isn't necessarily always cut and dry. It's it's complicated. I think generally speaking, our fund is focused on firms that have an additive financial advantage for a sustainability story. So these companies that have a very strong team and a why of what they're working on and knowing that it's the right timing and the right space and the right vertical is very critical. Um, I think that there's going to be numerous um, sustainability waves going forward, things like climate, things like ecology, things like water, things like um, uh, renewable energy, like we saw even in the 80s. And with these waves, there's these so I think these ideas of pent up demand during these waves. And I think we're seeing the same thing on the social good side as well. Anything regarding um, uh, mental health, emotional health, public health, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, um, these aspects of social good and learning um, uh, in ed tech, for example, are also going to see multiple waves. And I think the opportunity for venture capitalists uh, and our fund, for example, is aligning it with uh, um, when the timing is right and when the opportunity is right. And some of the classical um, things we look for as venture capitalists are, for example, how big is this market? What are some of the defensible aspects? And for us, we look for those companies who have that additional layer on top of traditional venture capital, which is this, what I call again, this impact moat, where there are um, strategic advantages for that company to reach scale, uh, hopefully faster than any other competitor. Uh, I love giving examples. There, there are actually quite a few. Take Tesla beating out Ford, for example, that's kind of one easy one. Zach, it's really interesting because in that last segment, you mentioned frequently um, the importance of timing and how um, how just important it is to to get the timing right with with the particular startups. And I'd love to get your your position now on where you think the timing for AI is currently, because of course we are just hopefully emerging from this pandemic and lots of companies have been forced to at least can seriously consider deploying um, AI models in their own image. So yes. wondering, to, wondering what your perspective is on, on, on AI and in particular the timing. I, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this in particular. And, and unfortunately, I don't get enough opportunities to go in depth. So I truly appreciate you allowing me to uh, share my voice in that regard. Uh, I don't have all of the answers in this topic, nor do I have them in, in, in pre, pretty much any topics. And what I tend to take as an approach is looking for founders to tell the story of what the future looks like. Because a lot of times, I, I, I want to get to the question, but I feel as though it's important to note that founders are deeply immersed in the problem set that they're addressing, and they see an opportunity that's, that others don't. And for me, it's an opportunity to align with them and understand their story and their vision and, um, you know, just get behind it and support any way I can. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of AI and the opportunities surrounding it, uh, you mentioned crypto before, and I'd like to just recognize that artificial intelligence as, um, let's say, a feature or uh, a different cycle wave, uh, like uh, similarly with sustainability, 
are going through some growing pains. You know, we th see things like uh, Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and some of the social media debacles and maybe even um, the social nudge factor of artificial intelligence where, where individuals may not feel empowered um, to control their own data. Uh, I'm, I'm re reading a book right now on the um, intention economy and it was written about eight years ago and it really highlights uh, the, the, a vision of the world that um, could be more user controlled and set, centered on user empowerment and individual monetization those aspects sometimes get idealized, but then in other times, there's a lot of confusing aspects. For example, if you looked at a company that was servicing um, uh, you know, the back end, for example, I worked with Iris TV in Los Angeles in a video recommendation with lifestyle, entertainment, news, and sports. We built AI recommender systems for private um, repositories of video assets where people uh, we're hoping to just drive lift and engagement on the platform and retain their customers. The thing about those opportunities um, in AI, particularly, I felt that it was easy to get behind on an ethical basis because people were going to these sites. Let's say they were going to National Geographic because they wanted to watch National Geographic uh, videos, but they lacked some of the negative structural components like we saw with YouTube and the, um, there's an excellent podcast series, uh, audio series with um, New York Times on the rabbit hole. They effectively were doing the same thing in you, on, in, on YouTube, but unfortunately there are bad actors. And so there are individuals that um, uh, sort of use, uh, they reverse engineer the recommender systems, which are highly empowered to keep people engaged and geared toward lift and watching ads, but they don't necessarily serve the best interest. Let's say if it's something to do with addictive behaviors, um, it don't necessarily serve the interests of the user, but rather they serve the interest of the individuals who may be gaming, uh, let's say the YouTube algorithms, or they may be um, uh, you know, benefiting YouTube and making them indifferent to the, the empowerment of the individual. So what I think I'm saying is that I think there will be many platforms and services um, that, that tie into this sort of intention economy or this personalization economy that is more empowered for the user to be able to participate and retain their, their control their community, their, um, their own um, interests and being able to transport them, for example. That's, that's one thing that I think we're probably gonna see a lot more of. And crypto and blockchain may be a bridge for some things like that because we're seeing things like uh, exit to community or seeing things like um, uh, you know, revenue share or creator opportunities where the community funds the projects or finances part of the scale of the company, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we're also going to see things too in regards to technologies that are aligned with community empowerment similarly. I hope that makes sense. No, it absolutely does make sense. And, um, and it's incredibly optimistic as well. Oh, like it's fascinating speaking to you, but I'm wondering to, to get to that future, what are the main challenges that you see that startups have to go through or rather AI kind of needs to go through to reach that? Well, I think AI in particular, it's very important to, to focus on distribution like most experienced founders would do. 
um, trying to carve out your defensibility and looking at the market size, et cetera. It's one thing to have a great feature that, you know, for example, turns your, your, a picture of your cat into uh, an animated talking, uh, you know, talking cat, but it's another thing to, <clears throat> it's really another thing to go from something that just gets a, gets buzz to something that's going to be um, scalable and or opening up other opportunities where you can license the, the software, for example, or um, to really turn the opportunity into a platform or community, a group of members, members in, the, in this micro economy that is your startup. There's another book, really great book I'll recommend. It's called The Membership Economy. And I think it goes into how to kind of turn a company that's maybe more feature centric into something more plat platform centric through through the um, membership aspect of growing community. I think really my last question for you, um, and, and again, like I said, I, I could keep this conversation going for, for ages. <laughs> I'd love to, maybe it's just a start. <laughs> Is um, um, in, with, in your job, in your day-to-day, -day, um, you're really required to get a holistic view in terms of what's, what's not only what's there on the landscape currently, but what's also coming, what different trends are. And, I'm really interested to know what most excites you that you can see coming down the pipeline. In terms of AI or just generally across start in startups? I think, I think, I think more, more, more generally in your, in your work as an investor, what, what particularly gets, what particular, yes. are you excited about? Well, for me, I mean, you mentioned optimism and I don't necessarily see myself as a pure optimist. I always say I'm like a positive realist. Um, I would say that what gets me most excited are ethical and responsible opportunities that are aligned with this broader category of positive impact. And again, it ties back to the SDGs. And I, I, I sometimes sound a little bit like uh, you know beating the war drum, but my vision is that venture capital is a catalyst for positive impact, or it's these, the, the future of venture capital is positive impact, just very simply. And what positive impact looks like is debatable because I'm still figuring that out and have been for at least the last <laughs> 10, 15 years of my, my um, professional journey. Um, but I think people are going to be a lot more um, critical and um, sort of ob observed about what it, what it means to be responsible, socially responsible, to be ethical, to be more transparent, to be more um, to be more open and to be more human serving or customer loving, so to speak. And those, those attributes of social good meet sustainability are things that I really think are the future. Uh, I don't think we can really keep doing business as usual where we're degrading the planet to this degree and, and, and uh, you know, the ecosystems and biodiversity, but also just harming each other. And um, it, now I am pro-business and I always want every startup to succeed in their own way but I definitely want to encourage uh, companies to think outside of the box and think about all the synergies of positive impact that they can create. Amazing. Thank oh, you so God. much. Um, thank you so much. Um, Zeka, where is the best place for people to find out more about you and your work and connect with you? Well, I appreciate it. It's just been wonderful and um, really would love to be back on your show. Um, Twitter, uh, you, know, you can always you know, step into the, the, the Twitter brain of Zeka on <laughs> C-E-C-C-A underscore L-E-H-N. We also do weekly clubhouse shows. I, we have a club on a positive on venture scale, positive impacts, where we have roundtables. I'd love, I'm really looking forward to an upcoming 
Responsible AI Roundtable. Um, also have a podcast ourselves. Um, love to talk, <laughs> so, as you can tell. I really appreciate your time today. Amazing. Zeko, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And, and again, as our very first interview guest, um, that, is, um, that is doubled that pleasure of ours. So um, thank you so much for being a part of our show. We're, abs- we're completely honored to have you here. We love the work that you're doing and wish you all the very best with it in the future. Thank you. I'm smiling near to you right now. (laughs) The AI Safety Podcast is written and produced as a service of the AI Responsibility Lab. Join us on this journey every other Friday. The AI Responsibility Lab makes software that helps companies reduce AI risk. To find out how AeroS can help your team succeed, visit us at AIResponsibilityLab.com. <laughs>